0: On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have a couple likable people, a couple unlikable people, Rob, Pizzola, Rufus, and probably some of the best football discussion we've ever had on this podcast, which isn't saying very much, but it's, it's actually pretty good if you want to listen. And somehow we managed to pretty much go through the entire NFL board with some bets and some value, and, and hopefully something that can make you guys some money. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, bet, I bet, I bet, I bet the process.
1: Bet, bet. Bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for pics, you're in the wrong place. Find a town with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage is sports gambling is pathetic.
0: The bottom. Welcome of- to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast. This is a very special one because this is the most dramatic Bet the Process ever because Rufus is going to unveil who is the most likable person in sports betting Twitter. Is it the Jets, Rob, Rufus, or me? It's definitely not me.
1: Well, so wait, this is between the people on Bet the Process podcast tonight. I, I, okay. I just was making the assumption. But the Jets are not be... on Bet the Process. Uh, I mean, they, I guess
0: they are because you're probably going to say you want to bet on
1: them this They week. are. They're always the top of discussion topic of discussion. Wow, this is a close vote. Is it really? Yeah, this is pretty, we have 805 votes.
0: Um, (laughs) I got 805 votes on that poll. Yeah,
1: it's not a great poll, but you know. I take it
0: back, by the way. When I said it was a waste of time originally, now I take it all back.
1: We know that the New York Jets have a plurality of the votes and the Jets are more likable than any of us. The Jets won? The Jets, the Jets win with 31.8%. I have 29.8%. Rob has 21.2%. And Jeff has 17.1%.
0: So I won because I'm the least likable. Because like, that really was what this poll was about.
1: I guess. It's like, it's, it's like golf. You want the lowest score.
2: I wonder, though, how different it will be depending on – like if Jeff posts his own poll with the exact same question and I post my poll with the same question, we, we should take an average of the uh,
1: results. Funny you should say that, Rob, because that's exactly what I proposed to Jeff, and and I held up my end of the bargain. I said he could phrase it however he wanted.
0: Uh, By bargain, what do you mean exactly? Well, because I I never agreed to doing this. I said it seemed like a waste of time. Well, okay. (laughs) So what's what's interesting about this is at the end of the day, which is which would you guys rather be in this case? Would you rather be, according to Gambling Twitter, would you rather be the Jets or me? Oh, I, rather-
2: I, I mean, I'd rather be liked than not liked. I'd rather be the Jets.
0: <sighs> I don't know. I kind of feel like if you're not liked among gambling Twitter, it's probably an okay thing. It, it, yeah, I, I guess it, de- it depends on the level.
2: It depends on the level. I, I, we can't really gauge whether you're hated, Jeff, or whether you're just not liked. And those are two very different Okay, let's things.
0: say the answer was hated.
2: I don't want to be hated.
0: But by gambling, Twitter, why do you care? It's not like it's not like you're hated by people that know you. Were you out hunting yeah. today? By the way, you look like you're in a hunting a hunting attire. <laughs> uh, I, I was out for a walk at night,
2: and uh, I'm in like a not very lit neighborhood. So you gotta be like, you know, I don't want to wear reflective clothing or anything. I could wear reflective clothing, but this is bright enough that if someone, you know, were to see me uh, come to a stop sign, they'd see me. So, Does yeah. the
0: reflective clothing not go well with your skin tone?
2: <laughs> the reflect I, I just I don't want to be that guy. like I've been that guy that's driving the car and sees the people in reflective clothing and probably made a comment other my, under my breath before because I'm an ass, but yeah, I don't want to be the person wearing the reflective clothing. so, so I'd rather wait. just wear this bright, orangey
1: red shirt. So you're saying that somebody in bright reflective clothing is not well liked
2: I don't think I think. I don't know. I think more, yeah, it's more yeah. likely than not, they're
1: not well liked. Or, or, but, or how about this? They're not well respected. It, yeah, that's a better way to put it. They're they're not well respected.
0: How about <laughs> how about someone that wears like a flower Hawaiian baseball hat and a tank top, just and says Who, it's okay. I'm at the beach, even who's though that? I look like Billy Hoy, Hoyle. Who's
1: Billy? Who, who's the, oh yeah? We already went over this. That's I'm a glad you I listen to
0: our own podcast.
1: If, if uh, our poll, if the poll had been which person is most respected, would the Jets have still won?
0: I mean, would I the order have been completely, completely reversed? I don't know. How about which one is most feared? Ooh, because you're feared by sports book opera. You two are probably feared by sports book operators.
2: Yeah, R- Rufus bets more than me, so he would he would probably command some more fear in that regards even it, I'm not saying he's returning less than
1: I am and I don't want to get into that discussion oh, I but, think you just oh,
0: said you had a better ROI than he did I think Ross does bets have a better volume. ROI on,
1: on football than, than I do this for sure right now given that I would I would make I, myself a,
2: a minus 10,000 favorite on that this
1: season at least I've so had a really crushing good, it this really season are you crushing it or do you just think I'm doing really bad uh no I, I'm having a really good year
0: Damn, really good. okay. So we, yeah, nice. we need, why don't you tell you. Well, let's me jump into bets. the plays then. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I want to about one thing um, that was at least top of mind for me. When you guys talk about, we, we kind of had this conversation about sports betting and then someone um, jumped, slid into my DMs on Twitter and sent me a screen. Do you guys go into the Slack? Um, the the, the right angle sports Slack?
1: Yeah,
2: I, I, I mean, I check it a couple times a day. I, have it, I pretty much have it open on my screen all the
1: time. Oh, I, I signed up like a month ago and
0: checked for the last time like three weeks ago. But So someone uh, sent me a DM that said that they were big fans of our show and wanted me to know that people were talking shit about me in the Right Angle Sports Slack. And it said, what do you non-pros, according to Jeff Ma?" someone who doesn't bet and whenever he talks clearly shows he doesn't know anything about betting. Think about these. And then it was, but Jeff Ma out there trashing props. Jeff Ma has that covered. Did I hear it wrong? Or did Jeff Ma say on the bet, the process that real betters don't bet props, LOL. Now what I would say is just to just defend myself is that I would say that the actual money that you can get down on props is generally so small that a lot of people are not willing to like grind out props that are real big betters. Would you guys agree or disagree with that statement? Well, well, first I want to say when when you
1: are a multimillionaire many times over from, from not only blackjack, but, but successful, a successful entrepreneur, you know, I mean, Props just
0: don't do it for you. They don't they don't give you you don't you don't get enough of uh, like, a you worth can't get it, it down you, huh? enough on them. I, I think I would love to bet more props. Like when you when you do uh when you do Super Bowl props, I like eat that shit up. But like the problem is by the time I get to them, you're already picked them all over and there's no value there anyways. But that's it's, it's it, it it's just funny because like I, I would think that of all people, I like make a big point to say like I like to talk to people that I know actually bet. This is like a whole conversation that we had the last time that we're on i think it's
2: i think it's a bit of a fallacy that like you you can't get down large on props um i think it's very difficult to do so Uh, but but, you gotta have like
0: a network right to get down in a bunch of places
2: and you're constantly grinding accounts yeah you're constantly grinding account like it's tough. I mean, it's, it's not that you can't do it at scale. It's just extremely difficult. But I, I know me and Rufus, I mean, we, we know some, uh, I know of at least someone in Chicago that gets down um, pretty large on props to the point where it's as if he's betting, um, you know, into major markets, uh, full limits on games.
1: It's um, – Wait, wait, so what kind I of numbers? Want, You're not, you're not yeah.
0: mentioning any names, so you can say what kind of I want a right? dollar
1: amount here. Like what? What's he yeah. getting on a on on let's say a player prop for an NFL Sunday non prime time?
2: Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing uh, based off the volume of accounts, probably between thirty and fifty k.
1: Holy okay, damn, that's real money. That that is definitely real
2: money. But that's but, but that's money. a one of a that that's a that's like a you know, that's a, more than a one in a million, I would say. I mean, that's somebody who's done that for a long time and uh, that's their bread and butter. It's it's difficult, it's challenging. I don't have the grind to do, like I don't have the motivation to, to do props personally. There's just so much that goes into it. Uh, you, you need to just constantly be recycling accounts as much as possible. Uh, it's, it's a softer market for sure, but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say pros... You know, stay clear of it. It's just it's well. I mean, more
0: our beer, our bearded friend is a pro, and our bearded friend bets props. So I would not say that they don't bet props. I just always feel like if he if he texts me a prop, I'm not going to take the time to go into Chris see that the value's already gone. And if I want to get five hundred dollars down, I could, I guess, at a worse price than what he sent it to me at. So it just never, it just never seems like the the best. Jeff, you also only have one out, literally. No, I have more than one out. Okay, because literally. I I I, I literally thought you only had one out. (laughs) No, no, I've, I mean, I've had, historically, I've had a lot of outs, but over time, you lose those, as we all know. And I haven't, over the last few years, taken a big effort to get more outs, because honestly, like, I don't, I don't bet enough now that like it really matters. Like I just, if there's, you know, like Chris is a place that I know that I'll always, I'll always be welcome. It's like cheers. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm always interested in the props stuff. I, I just, you know, it's funny because, uh, and I'll throw his name out there. I don't care. He'll probably laugh if, if you listened after the fact, but, but Joey Kanish is a big props guy. Right. And uh, he kind of went on a rant today about how it's getting harder and harder to beat props because now all these skins are moving to these prop builder tools, uh, which have become pretty common in the industry. Um, and it, I mean, that's just another problem, I guess. When you're getting into props, is the offerings are not always going to be there, uh, and they won't be consistent over time. So now, yeah, you get a bunch of books who are just offering um, pretty shitty offering with with um, pretty insane margins on them as well, and. I mean, it is what it is. There's just not the demand for that type of market. There isn't the same kind of uproar as there would be um, for full game lines and and totals and things of that nature. So, you know, he made a comment today about, you know, I guess I'm going to be eating Arby's or something for the next couple weeks. Nothing against Arby's if anyone's a big fan of that. But it's, uh, you know, it's a grind and it's a challenge. And it's, uh, I don't know, I've just never really gravitated towards it. The only experience I had in props or like, Really betting at a high level was this year's NFL draft, where I did fairly well. But
0: it's because there was Matt. nothing else to do at that point, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. You're just betting exactly. On that.
2: That's it. Like if there was other sports going on at that time, I I could not yeah. envision. I mean, everyone, they, everyone the sports.
0: first time they're like, oh, the NFL draft. Let's <laughs> bet prime. <laughs> yeah. Um, when's the last time you guys, either of you guys, have eaten at Arby's? Wait, I thought. Wait, I thought that whole thing
1: was sort of a can you name to one thing on menu. Arby's. What's that? Like Nihilist Arby's, which was like the, the greatest Twitter account of all time.
0: Yeah,
1: maybe. I mean, ha- maybe. when's I, the last
0: time you ate at Arby's? And can you actually name something on? I mean, roast beef sandwich is all I can name. I, I'm, Ar- I'm, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, my, both my parents are
2: Italian immigrants. Um, so like, I, I don't, I can't, I don't think I've eaten Arby's maybe in my life. If I have, I don't remember. Like, it, it would be that? like.
0: What, I don't understand what that has to do with
2: eating at Arby's. It, it, it's like a, it would be like I, I'm trying to term this. A bit. It's like a disgrace to a sandwich, and is what I'm I'm trying to get at. um So like I, I've never it's even like thought of are
0: it. Italian immigrants the authority on sandwiches?
2: They're we they're not. But meats. for me, it's it's
0: you know there's there's probably something in
2: your culture, Jeff, where like it, it's a a type of food that I mean is very dear to you, or or that type of cuisine is rings true, and then you see something that is similar, and you're like, "This is an abomination of of food." And I think that's what Arby's would be to like a person who grew up on veal sandwiches and meatball sandwiches and chicken cutlet and things of that nature.
0: I mean, I'm on Arby's website right now, and this shit looks delicious. <laughs> Just they have remember, guys. fries. They have a signature di- they have a signature sandwich, which is a corned beef Reuben. This is not your dad's arby's this arby's looks insane what we need to do is get arby's to sponsor this podcast i think we could do that then then shit would be very different i want nihilist arby's to sponsor
1: it who reminds you whether you die at the hands of violent paramilitary cops in the wildfires of covid or just from a little good old-fashioned night of too much gin and speed remember nobody cares and very soon no one will remember you were even ever (laughs) alive
0: So question for you guys to put per the point that Rob made about like me being offended by some sort of food. Do you think I'm more offended by PF Chang's or Panda Express?
1: (laughs) I don't know why I found that so funny. I'd say (laughs) PF Chang's. I don't know why. I'm going going with PF
0: Chang's. Yeah. I think I'm more offended by PF Chang's because Panda Express is just like, it's made to be in a mall. It's like, it's just, and for what it is, it's fine. It's American Chinese food, made in bulk, made in a mall, no pretense.
1: Like, was the name, the founder of PF Chang, was his name even Chang? Was his name like Mike Williams? No, it's the same guy that
0: owns Fleming's, right? Aren't, isn't it the same chain that owns Fleming's? I don't even, what's that? Fleming's the Steakhouses. You guys don't know mm-hmm. Fleming's? Nope. I feel like I'm talking to a Canadian and an alien. Well, he, well,
2: definitely a Canadian. I don't know.
0: Rufus kind of looks like an alien, but. <laughs> okay, back to sports for a second. Yeah. So the other thing that um, happened this week on Twitter, Rufus, you tweeted out this whole thing about the media coverage of of big bets or big parlays. Do you want to say your piece and then we can have a little discussion on it, which I, I think is it was it was one of your better tweets Whoa. in my mind. Well, I was, expecting and I wanted to try to interrupt the tweet by like at least delete, like somehow deleting it or like typing on your computer while you were trying to type, but it didn't work. Well, first off, uh, I mean the big vets have just, I mean, I don't
1: know, it's become a controversial topic on Twitter. So, um, but second of all, I mean, maybe I, uh, maybe there is something to like literally spending some time composing this, like proofreading it, and then sending it, pressing send the next day. That's what I did, like. This is, this, this might, might called, be turning over this, a new leaf. That's, that's called, called being a blog. An adult. That's, that's called, called a blog. What? That's called a blog. Well, this was, I guess, a blog. But, I mean, my post, it, it wasn't really about the big bets as much as it, it was about the fact that uh, the operators are essentially controlling the what is covered by the sports betting media. And I think that's the problematic thing. And it's it's largely due to the affiliate model. I mean, people are, you know, these media entities are paid to refer um users to refer people to to um these online uh, to these sports books and so um and and they're provided content they have relationships writers have relationships with um people that work at these sports books who feed them information they say hey this guy bet this amount you know there's here's this big parlay that won and so um if you want any actual you know if there's if there's any sort of news story that you know, doesn't portray an operator in a favorable light, they're not really, you know, the operator's going to clam up and we won't really get any actual news out of it. Um, and so, the, I mean, to me, it's a, it's sort of a systemic problem. It doesn't, I'm not indicting every, everybody in sports betting media. Um, and as people pointed out, we are sports betting media. Um, so, and, and I'm,
0: that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about us.
1: But I said that, I don't know, somebody on Twitter, but I, you know, I, I don't know the answer, but I do think it is something worth talking about. I mean, you don't see, like I, I, the example I loved was that you don't see uh you don't see newspapers covering people that went that, that, uh, won $20,000 from $5 scratch offs at Seven Eleven. I mean, it's because they're, they don't get any referral fee for paying, you know, they don't get a referral fee when someone goes to Seven Eleven and plays a scratch off. So, um, I, I think it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily like I don't think covering big bets is problematic in and of itself. Um, I do take issue more with, with the glorification of these these like twelve team parlays that are essentially lottery tickets, and they basically prey on these sort of biases, like it, like the availability heuristic. I mean, people emotionally see this and think, hey, you know, I could do this, um, and are more likely to sort of emotionally um, to you know make these bets, which are huge house edges. I mean, like they're, they're, you know, an 18 parlay is what, like 40% plus house edge. Um, and so that, that's, I mean, I think the problem gambling angle is real there. Um, I know you have something to add there, Rob. I,
2: I i don't know that I necessarily agree with you, Rufus. So like, I think it's just easy content. And I, I think you you look at guys like uh, Ravel and, and Purdom and um, you know, other big guys who are, or, or by the way, Pernam
0: just, tur- just like, turned a knot in his stomach by being compared to Ravel. So we'll move that up. We'll move I, I, I feel bad for that.
2: I, you know, I, I I shouldn't really use them in the same sentence because I hold one in a much higher standard than the other. But the reality is I think these guys are, are measuring the engagement of their tweets and their their content. I don't think it – I mean, I'm not in the room with, with Chad Millman and his directive to Darren Ravel. but. I, I highly doubt Chad is telling Darren, like, you need to cover these big bets and things of that nature. I think this is just something that Darren started at one point, And he realized, well, you know what? I'm getting a lot of engagement on this tweet. I'm going to keep going down this path. And I, I think, I mean, this is just a personal opinion. We, don't, we won't know. But I think we give these guys way more credit. And I, I honestly think a guy like Darren Revell is looking for as much engagement as possible plain and simple no matter how he's going to get it uh, it's not really following a a strict and like he he to me and i I don't care to speak badly about him because i think very lowly of him in general i'm not even sure if he understands what the business model for the action network is i think he's so (laughs) completely spaced out and in his own world and in a sense incompetent when it comes to the gambling space that i think he's just looking for for eyes on whatever he can get so um, that's my opinion. I, I remember a couple years ago, I tweeted something about, I wish these bets would stop being covered and, and Dave Purdom responded to me with something along the lines of like, why don't you tag me next time or something like that. And, and like people eat up this content or people enjoy this content. It's the reason that I put it out there, which is a fair response, but
0: the oh, so content Purdom, was in favor of, Purdom was in favor of this kind of content.
1: Well, it is a, fa- well, right? it does. It obviously gets views, but here, here's my question to you. I mean, will, to you guys, will it continue to get views, or will it sort of become will be will we become overly saturated with this kind of content? Because when you have like thirty big bets per day on NFL Sunday, like suddenly the novelty's gone. I I, th-
2: I think it will get overly saturated at one point, and you'll just see a pivot to some other type of content that people are starting to consume. That's just how these content cycles tend to work in general. Um, but like, there's a lot of new people to this space now that really haven't consumed any sports betting content before. And this piques their interest. Like a guy is betting $500,000 on a game like this guy and and they have no context. And I, you know, I do agree with half of your argument Rufus where like this it's very misleading. Right. Um, I I think we both retweeted the the bet stamp uh, thread about how to identify kind of a losing better or or fake. And I, I thought that was a great thread because like the average person doesn't realize you can't just go into a casino and say, I want, you know i want a million dollars on this side without that casino very much knowing that you are a losing better like that's the only way you're what getting was, that what side. was
0: this uh, thread i didn't see it like oh, no, i need to know how bet i stamp? can pretend that i'm not a, that i'm a real better and don't fall for these pitfalls search bet stamp on twitter
1: you'll find it but yeah. so here's no a question you, like so right now right now this whole Ecosystem is working because there's so many new users uh, So many new users and you know, as states uh, more and more states legalize You'll continue to sort of have this flood of of new users that are signing up for these uh, for these books Right, but but let's look five years down the road when you don't have that. Does this sort of affiliate model still work? Do we still see all these uh, different sites that
0: um, are providing betting content? I well, think so. Good. Yes Go ahead, Jeff.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, sorry I mean, I, I think that's why ultimately these business models and some of these companies like DraftKings, they're kind of like a Ponzi scheme to some degree because they, the, the, the media themselves, I mean, the media, the, they're, they're only going to be able to get these bounties at this, at this price until DraftKings runs out of like venture slash IPO type money, right? There's going to be this consolidation, and when there's consolidation, there's all of a sudden going to be less competition for your eyeballs that you're sending them. So the money is going to go down, but I don't, I mean, it's going to change. I guess I don't really know how it changes. Like I guess owning the eyeballs will still be important. I mean, it, it's been legal in a lot of places for a while and in Europe, they still have a lot of this type of stuff. Right? Wait, wait, hold on. I like the Ponzi scheme idea here. So
1: are you basically say, like right now you have DraftKings? What the, what's their market cap? Anybody? I know their stock price is like $50 a share. That's a market cap of like north of $30 million, $50 million something. Depends 50 how billion. many shares
0: outstanding there are, Rufus, and right. then it's so, just multiplication. Right, I yeah. know. I
1: just don't know that. That's why I'm asking. Um, I, I didn't need a lesson on how to come up with the, how to calculate market <laughs> capitalization. Well, but, you like But I appreciate like it, so. that. I appreciate that. So, so they, what, they sold a billion dollars worth of stock um, last week, I believe, because they need that money to continue operating because they they're, they're what, losing $200 million a quarter. So right now, people are investing in DraftKings because they think that the price of the stock is going to appreciate, right? Right now, DraftKings, their revenue or or their, well, their user base, and I guess their revenue is growing. And as long as that continues to grow, or at least the perception is it continues to grow, people are going to, and there's this appetite for sports betting uh, companies, that price will, may continue to go up. and, And so they have this stream of revenue. Um, but here's the question is draft like is draft ever going to be profitable? Like, I, I don't think, I mean, you could li- I mean, I see that's why there's, I mean, that, that's the Ponzi scheme. It's literally it's, who's the, it, the last per- Yeah.
0: I think the answer to you and the answer to like the question to you and Rob and to me also is, would you invest in DraftKings right now? Do you own any DraftKings stock? And let's take Definitely any not. like ethical nature out of it. Let's just say from a valuation standpoint, would you guys buy into draft right now?
1: No. Hell, no, hell, no. I think, no. I think the entire space is in a bubble right now.
2: Well, I, I mean, I don't like the, the business model in general, but you, okay. Going back to affiliates, right? Uh, Rufus and whether or not this is going to exist, uh, years from now to me, the answer is yes. And I'll tell you why it's because the affiliates are better than the operators themselves at SEO, plain and simple. Like you, you are Googling sports betting terms. You're not getting an operator. You're not getting FanDuel and DraftKings as your top results. You're getting Action Network, Odd Shark, whoever else is competing in Sportsbook Review. These are the, the people that are dominating these high-ranking terms. And in order to compete
0: with- to I,
1: I, like, I, I wanna do a little test for this. Give me some words to Google here. NFL, um, like, like think of what an average person is, is Googling. NFL uh, how betting. To, how to increase my penis size. NFL betting, New Jersey. Oh, Please. sorry,
0: what, what are we talking about?
1: So I get like, I get NFL betting I get playnj.com I get actionnetwork.com another action network nypost.com legal sports report.com thelines.com nj.com njbet.com bookies.com okay yep not once do I get DraftKings, not once do I get fanduel not once do I get any operator
2: and that, that's one term and and these affiliates are it's so also good. like
0: it's just it's the the verticalized media company is is the is the ultimate right because basically what you want is like in sports. What the holy grail has been is is there a is there a um, is there a, a commerce play to it, right? Is there some way to make money off of it? And in sports media, traditionally, it's only been advertising. There hasn't been any transact kind of thing, and that's why sports betting is interesting because there is a transact piece to it. And so ultimately, like the model of what Barstool's doing right is why like there's some interest there because they're going to own the entire verticalized media company all the way down to the transaction which is much more interesting than what's happening with you know action network plus but action network's trying to do this at some level too by having like these deep links with points better like being able to take these affiliate fees so even if we say oh this is gross right because we're like oh it's like the the incentives are all misaligned and you're trying to make me a smarter, better, but you're making money off of my losses. That's what a verticalized media company is in the sports betting space. Anyways, also that's right. Like if you took DraftKings and you added content on the top of DraftKings, that was actually reasonable. It would probably be the same sort of model. Right.
1: I mean, you see this sort of like, you know, FanDuel, you know, I mean, in DraftKings both put out betting related content. You know, I think, you know, Fandu bought like number fire a few years back and they have, I mean, there's this, I mean, they're, they're trying to do that.
0: But they were doing that more from a standpoint, obviously of DFS at that point. Right. They wanted more yes content for no. their DFS. That was before sports betting was legal. I think sports betting was always kind
1: of the end goal. Wasn't it? I mean, not, yeah, I, not I from the so. very beginning, but like once, once it became apparent that we were eventually going to get legalized sports betting. Right. When, when do you like, know when,
0: wait, hold on. When do you know a, a joke is a dad joke? When oh, Jeff no. Ma tells it, when he becomes a parent. Uh, sorry, I heard you say that, and I just had. To, I haven't told a dad joke on this podcast in a long time, so there we go. Okay, so can we move on? Let's move on to COVID and at the NFL because that's kind of an interesting one, right? We've had limited examples of teams that have been in sort of like pretty tough COVID restrictions, meaning couldn't practice. Tough travel. Um, I think the first one was really the Patriots that actually played, and then the second one was was the Titans. And in both cases, there was tr- probably pretty decent line value, certainly the Titans case, from what the analytics would tell you. Um, the Titans obviously looked amazing, sample size of one. I would say the Patriots outperformed expectations, even though they didn't cover um, from a standpoint of like, um, so what are we to make of this? like rest versus rush, ru- rust thing, or lack of prep? Is it overrated? What, 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 do you, how do, what do you guys take away from this?
2: Not a whole lot, to be honest, Jeff. I mean, it, it's such a small sample. Um, it, it's very difficult to take away anything. Like, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that I made a mistake yesterday. So I took the Bills at post yesterday because in my head, I was like, the Titans have had one walkthrough. In
1: well, the last couple of weeks. One legal walkthrough. Correct. Like, they were they were, in fact, the they were caught once. You know, if you're, you know, it, when the officer asks how many beer, you know, have you been drinking? You say, yeah, I've had one beer. Maybe. <laughs>
0: speaking yeah. from experience. Wait, hold on, Rob. Now Rufus interrupted you. And I, <laughs> I want not know the rest that, of your mind. answer. I'll get that out there. I don't condone drinking and driving. I don't condone Rufus. I definitely you. was not so speaking from 1st Can you finish please. your story? I, I want to hear where you're, where you're going. So you took them at post, even though your model probably said there's tremendous line value on the Titans.
1: Yeah, what, what does your model have the line at?
2: No, that's pretty fair value for me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, down on the tit- I'm down on the Titans relative to market, I would Rufus, say. you had like six
0: um, points of value in that, right? <laughs> you muted yourself to keep yourself from it, not... No, I world.
1: made it Titans minus 0.8. And oh, okay. and th- and that's not even giving the Titans any buy credit, which apparently they did deserve because they were fresh.
0: Yeah. Okay. So sorry, Rob. Go ahead. So yeah, I mean, I
2: kind of got sucked into a narrative a little bit and ended up playing something that I didn't even really have an edge on, just because I perceived there to be an edge. Uh, I won't do that again. I, I just I kind of I kind of hate uncertainty in sports. I re- we, I think we've gotten into this conversation before and talked about it. Um, I think probably my greatest skill set is we're all largely working with the same data. Um, there are some exceptions to that, but I feel very strongly in my ability to apply that data correctly to sports and think through things logically. Um, you know, I, I work with a partner who's very crypt, crypto big into crypto and not so much focused on sports anymore, and he kind of runs that aspect of things. But um you know it's constantly kind of, teasing me and he's like, why are you still betting on sports? Like you guys are all using the same data. Where is your edge? Explain it to me. And it's the application of the data itself. So I like to be able to have things known and as much in front of me as possible. Um, This COVID thing is kind of throwing a wrench in my plans for that. Uh, I've stayed clear of college football for that reason with the exception of just playing news related items, um, which I think there's an advantage in, in getting to market. Um, before everyone else knows that, if you have any decent information there, but uh, for me, Jeff, I mean it's it's gonna be a, a struggle because it's, like Rufus said, I mean, yes, one legal walkthrough for the Titans. You don't know what else is going on behind closed doors. You don't um, there's there's just so much that you can't account for, and that makes it, I think, a lot trickier.
0: Well, I think the the takeaway, then, I would say, for you in those the first couple of weeks of dealing with this, is that you're not going to overreact to it. You're not going to fall for the false narratives and you're going to consider it general uncertainty and probably take into account rest more than anything or shortened rest more than anything. Like the, the complete example right now where the Titans are going to play on short rest.
1: Right. Yeah, how, how are I you think that's, treating that? I think that's fair. Go ahead, Rufus. I was going to well, first off, I'll say your partner, and my partner must be friends because mine is just doing our real estate, like real estate stuff. And, and, and it's sort of like, you know, I don't know why we're even betting on sports anymore. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, he knows we're winning, but like, he he just, he's not a believer. I, he's jaded from like, uh, he was a big sports better at one point, And now he's just way more jaded. And he's like, we can make so much more just like day trading crypto. Like, what are we doing here? And, uh, we have all sorts of other ideas going on as well. but. I mean, it's, as long as sports are beatable, I'm still going to bet them. I'm, I'm, I'm not arrogant or or cocky in any way. Like when I don't have an edge anymore, I don't need to bet on sports or
1: like I'll be done with it. I'll move on to something new, but I think there's still a lot of value to be extracted here. So wait, wait, Rob, this is, this is an interesting topic to me because like I'm kind of wrestling with this idea at some point too. I mean, right now I'm trying to, I'm kind of, toning down like I, I didn't do baseball this year and i'm i'm kind of definitely less involved in football and i'm focusing more on golf and then other projects as i know you, you are as well rib as it says on your uh on your video feed um so how much for you like i mean i feel like my identity is is, is as a sports better and i feel like like if if my edge is gone and at some point let's be like it's going to be gone um maybe it's already gone in the nfl based on this season um or maybe maybe just date with the model I have now, I just need to reevaluate. But, um, but, but how do you, is your, where do you have that struggle, I guess? Um. No,
2: um, I, I mean, it depends on what, what your values are. I'm a huge sports fan in general. That's what nat- naturally made me gravitate towards sports betting and, and DFS. Like I, I played DFS um, more seriously before I got involved in, in sports betting heavily. Uh, that was kind of like my, my in, I would say. But to me, I'm I'm very money-driven, for one. I
1: think most sports bettors are. Uh, wait, but I also wait, like – Wait, what does that mean? You just want lots of money?
2: That means Driven that like – Yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever to make money. Like I have life goals, right? I, I mean, I don't want to be – in the workforce when I'm 55 years old and like the old guy in an office and doing stuff like, that's not what I, I want to have enough money in like my early fifties to just basically fuck off and golf and, um, you know, travel and, and drink wine and eat well. And like, that's how I want to live the later years of my life. So in the meantime, I'm trying to capitalize on that as much as possible right now. Sports betting is an avenue to do that. It's not the only avenue for me. Like I could completely pivot into something else and I'd be fine with it as long as the money is good and as long as it's something that's of interest to me and I feel like um, it's something that'll keep me occupied because I've gone through stretches as well in the past where I didn't really have anything going on and it becomes like a mental struggle for me. Uh, I don't really want to go back there. So it's just important for me to always have something on my plate. Um, And I mean, right now it's sports, but in two years it might not be.
1: But so, so I guess the, like, I, I kind of feel similarly in terms of wanting needing something on my plate, but, but I can't ever see like the retirement. Like, I mean, yes, I want to play golf every day and drink lots of good red wine and eat really well. But at the same time, I feel like I'm going to want to still, at 55, have like something I'm working towards besides, you know, lowering my handicap. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I need that purpose whether it's beating yeah. a market, like beating a market is like a challenge. It's a game. Like I know, Rob, I feel like you like games probably as much I as I do or close. Right. Like yeah. a, 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 yeah. you need a puzzle to solve. I do that, that. That's what it is for me. Like
2: I just always need a challenge or something uh, on my plate. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, it's naturally the way I was brought up that I like, I, I'm a geek when it comes to that. Like, you know, one of my hobbies, uh, passions is doing like escape rooms like i don't know if you're an escape room guy but like i love lo- like logic puzzles that's just what i like to do so that's i mean it's just in my nature to do that but like it, it doesn't have to be sports is what i'm getting at it could be something outside of sports and i'd be interested in it uh, i know what what my skill sets are right now they they translate well to sports betting and and honestly i've spent a lot of time in the market now and, and I, I i'm like I still learn stuff. It, it sounds dumb to say that, but like I actually do still learn from other people on a on a regular basis. And um, how
0: it, was ho- how was hockey for you this year?
2: It was one of my worst hockey seasons in terms of ROI, but because I'm I'm betting more now, it was a pretty
0: good year. Got it. So you still made money. You made money. You're making money in NFL. It sounds like you're making money in college by beating beating the market beating beating the market to the news so that sounds wonderful you're still betting yeah it's good uh
2: golf, golf has gone downhill since and which i would guess that it has gone uphill for you rufus because um we've talked about this but like when you do well i'm probably not and vice versa because you're a pretty early market maker so you end up on one side i end up opposing you a whole lot um and that's just the way it's it's going to be in that market and uh I, I got to the uh you know, I gave back a lot of profit at post COVID. I, I still end up having an okay year, but like I'm golf is not my focus right now. You're probably still very excited about golf going on this week and things of that nature.
1: To me, I'm not even looking at it right now. I mean I, I excited isn't the word I would use. It's 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 you know it's work. It's a it's a chore, but it's uh I mean I'm excited about it for the prospects of making money.
0: Okay, so yeah. I'm gonna ask you guys one like I'm listening to you guys talk and it's, it, it's interesting. It's fascinating. And I'm not being facetious. Like I normally am. I am um, not someone that um, makes his living off of sports betting. Um, I have like a, a job that's a Rob, you almost offended me because you're like the old guy. I'm like, that's eight years away from me to be 55 in an office. What? No, no, I get it. I'm messing <laughs> yeah. with you. I, I really to don't. Each I, I, own, yeah.
1: like, to each their own. It's just not what I no, want to no, be. I still want to know what you're going to be doing, Rob. Like you're going to need to be, be doing something. He's drinking wine with me No, he's I'll to get like, po- 65 Rob
0: and I'll gonna- be to play golf with them. We'll go drink good wine together. Rob is going to be first bored and foremost, out of his
2: mind. First and foremost, I, I'm type 1 diabetic. So I already have a shorter lifespan than everyone else. I got COVID on top of that, which I'm convinced is going to lead. From Rufus. Yes, from Rufus. I, like Rufus was patient zero, either him or his fiance, but I don't want to no, throw her it into was, this it. It wasn't her. Oh. It was
1: actually some, it was probably somebody out. Like it was, I'm not going to throw any, anybody under the bus, but it was someone I was skiing with out west, I'm sure. Okay. Who knows? Spanky was sweating a lot. Like Spanky was the first, I think, that was showing visible signs of COVID. Wait, he was showing visible signs at the conference? He was, he was like, I don't know if he's just naturally always sweating, but he was, he was sweating. Like maybe he gave it to me. Maybe it wasn't, maybe, maybe I
2: didn't (laughs) give it to him.
1: Damn. Okay. Well,
2: we'll we'll never know, but I'm convinced that COVID is going to have some sort of impact that we don't know about, or at least I think there's the possibility that like, everybody's just dismissing this as like, Oh, it's like this virus and you're going to get it and forget it and, and whatever. But, um, I'm not, I'm not so certain of that either, but regardless, I I'm I'm a, I'm a realist. I don't think I'm living to be 100 years old. Um, personally, like, I don't want to – I just want to enjoy my life. Like, that's what it comes down to. And, um, yeah,
0: it. I mean – Okay, so my, my question to you guys was going to be what, what would be the thing that you would do – like, and I've, I've, like, lived this with Rufus where he's done this journey trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. So I'll, I'll start with you rib like what what could you see yourself doing if you lose your edge in sports well I, l- the first thing i would do to
2: be if i'm being completely honest is I, was lo- I would look for some sort of alternative in sports maybe not in betting uh potentially in co- in some sort of content fashion where i i've have some ideas on what i what i'm going to do that I, I i guess i don't really want to publicly share because they're they're a pivot for me um
1: uh-oh, Rib. I hope they're not the same ideas that I have, but we'll talk about that. We might. Time. I mean, yeah. you've
2: confided in me before, Rufus, and uh, you. I know I know some of your ideas. I, we probably are not much overlap, but I, I would never be opposed to joining the opposite side of the counter. I'll be completely honest. Uh, I mean, I, I've been you know, very open about this, but I've consulted for, for tons of different gaming operators in the past, and uh, I kind of like that side, seeing the perspective of, And it's mainly more so been casino and poker than actual sports. But I do like seeing the opposite side of things and how they run businesses and things of that nature. So uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities outside of actually betting on sports within the sports betting landscape that would appeal to me. First and foremost, there's backups to
1: that as
0: well. But Roses, that would be do you want helpful. to answer this or do you want to just move on? We can no, just move I'll, on. I'll to answer it.
1: I'll answer. I feel like I've been for the last few years kind of looking for sort of my next thing just because, I mean, I, you know, there's still a lot I enjoy about what I do, but at the same time, you've been doing something for 10 years plus it's, it, it isn't the same as the beginning. There isn't the same um, excitement factor that you know, to get out of bed every night, every morning. And so um, I've been exploring various different things and kind of looking for what sticks. And I mean, some of that, you know, I have a few different balls in the air. Um, business-wise and actually believe it or not rib or mcrib i don't know which one you prefer since uh, if you went to mcgill if you went to mcgill and then mcrib would be perfect. i did not go to mcgill uh, no. okay. which by the way the mcgill if it sounds like it should be a mcdonald's fish sandwich but um <laughs> is pretty happy with that I, I, yeah really. i am happy
0: with that one but yeah, but i've been working w- on that for a while believe
1: it or not i i you know i think Except for I come- that
0: one's called the fish filet so whatever <laughs> okay Um, God, I messed it up too. Yeah, you did. We all suck. (laughs) This might come as a shock to you guys too,
1: but I wouldn't, I would never be, I would, believe it or not, despite what I say on Twitter and stuff, I wouldn't be opposed to, um, to working on the other side of the counter because it would be a different challenge and, and, and um, it would just need to, I would need to work for a company that I felt like whose values sort of aligned with mine and what, you know, was doing things what I, in a way that I felt like was the right way. That's all.
0: Right. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to the NFL. Uh, what jumps out of you guys this week? Where do you guys see value, Rufus? I, I know, you know, like looking at Massey Peabody. Peabody, it's not even updated. I don't think. Well, I looked at it. I looked at it going into the Monday night game yeah, okay. and knew that you were going to be on uh, New Orleans in that game.
1: Yeah, correct. And then you, I was on the, Char- the charges wrong and I got, and I got middled and it wasn't pretty.
0: Yeah. That was a familiar song to me. Um, okay. Rob, since you're actually doing well this year, what is, uh, what does it look like for you this week? What, what jumps out at you? And
1: Jeff, Jeff has, Jeff has Chris pulled up. So he's ready to fire right now.
2: Okay, Fine. so so I'm, I'll get like I'm not gonna go through the list of what I've played, and I, honestly, I haven't looked at the board in the last few hours. But there's been a quite a bit of movement today. Um, let's see here what I what I kind of still like. Uh, what? Okay, so a co- lot of convoluted answers coming coming up here, but um, Detroit minus three, anything minus one twenty or less seems short to me against Jacksonville. I think people kind of fell in love with the Jags as potentially being like this decent underdog because of their week one win earlier in the year. And when you look at their last three weeks, they've lost by 42 points combined against the Texans, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. Not, not really a good look. Uh, I don't think that – I mean, I think the Jags are just as bad as we expected them to be at the beginning of the year, especially on defense. The offense is mediocre, but EPA per play, dead last in the league by a mile – on defense, we'll, well like, see if they get reinforcement, reinforcements back this week with uh, Miles Jack and C.J. Henderson. But uh, Detroit off a of bye week, that seems like a short price to me, something I'll, I'll likely be in, involved in that I haven't bet yet, but I'd like the number now. Um, what else stands out to me on the board right now? I like the over in this Rams and 49ers game. I mean, the 49ers, to me, that defense right now is just prime for the picking with the amount of cornerbacks that they're they're missing Uh, And I do think that there's going to be some positive regression uh, from the offense for San Fran, Uh, Garoppolo with an extra week to heal. Um, Also, I think they just have some great matchup advantages against the Rams. The Rams have a really bad linebacking core. Um, San Fran moves the ball east to west very well, can really move the ball Uh, and George Kittle against that linebacking core, I think is a big edge as well. So those are two that stand out to me, but I mean, I'm going to have action on, probably three-quarters of the board this week uh, because, I I mean, I thought there was just a lot of standout prices here, Rufus. I'm not sure about you.
1: Well, first, I I kind of – let me know if I'm prying too much, but I'm curious. You know, you mentioned the the east-to-west movement on offense and versus linebacking core. Is that something that you model? Like, is that in your model or is that, like, something that you – I mean, because, you know, when we talk about our picks, we look for things to sort of say, like, you know, I mean – you have a number and, and then you sort of look for some narratives behind it. Um, Is it the latter or is it like, is it something that you like actually quantify or is it something you just look at that you add on top that that is a factor, but not really quantifiable?
2: That's, so it's the last thing that you mentioned. So the biggest difference for me in the NFL, um, I'd say in the last couple of years, starting the beginning of last season to now is I, first I run my raw number on a game incorporates a lot like it's not just it's it's a pretty sophisticated model of what i think the number in that game is going to be based off of what i think i can quantify um and then i go to the element of okay these are my edges i'm going to dig deeper into this game and whether i really like this matchup or not or if i feel there's something i'm missing or something that actually like makes the edge even larger in the game so there is a little bit of a subjective opinion to it um That's the first thing. The second thing that I've really avoided in the last couple of years, which I think has maybe as a diabetic will allow me to live a lot longer in life is avoiding bad teams and betting on bad teams. Um, Unless I kind of, it's, it's just a a rule that I, I go by. I'll bet on a bad team. If they're playing another bad team in other instances, I just avoid them because I think in a lot of cases I truly undervalue or overvalue that team, I should say. Like They're worse than I, I actually make them in a lot of cases. Um, I've got to the point now, like if I can't make a logical case for a team to bet on them other than, okay, this is the number I make the game, I'm just not going to do it. Um, and that saved me some heartbreak this year on one of your favorites, Rufus. Hey. I know it's a running joke now, but the, the Jets uh, has been one that I've avoided a couple times. And I, I still don't think I, I make that team quite bad enough uh, not that I would want to lay. What do we? Uh,
1: nine. It was at ten at one point. I got plus ten. I think it's nine. It was minus nine and a half earlier this evening.
2: Yeah, we're we're pretty much consensus
1: like eight and a half
2: to nine and a half. Pinnacles has hang, Pinnacle's been hanging these stupid numbers with with juice uh, heavy juice this year. I don't know if you noticed that as well, which has been a pain in the ass for uh, for cross
1: booking this year. I mean, isn't that the but, whole teaser protection thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think largely they don't want to, they don't want to hang a number between like seven and a half and you know they don't want to hang seven and a half to eight and a half right but uh yeah, that's
2: sort of like that's just a glimpse into my process, so it's um there is like a little bit of subjectivity to it but I'm fine with it i, I really am like i I kind of make a note of this as well um i have been, I've been pretty bad with my tracking this year, which is surprising because usually i want to track a little bit more when i'm winning and when i'm losing i I don't want to do it but you know last year I was making a lot of notes on like these were games that I passed on or added to because of a subjective analysis and it, it worked out in my favor uh it's a small sample obviously like honestly we're talking like a dozen games maybe uh, i think it was like 18 games last year but um i just yeah it, it, I, i'm in a good place like sometimes you just get to your sweet spot and i think i think rufus and, and you two, jeff field you can understand like you just feel like you really have a good process in place at one point um, and you go with it. And and that's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: That's like, I I love what you said about, about tracking when you subjectively overrode what your number said. And like, that's something, if I could go back in time, I wish I was more, uh, I I wish I tracked that stuff more comprehensively because I think you're right. There, and there is, you know, I, I don't think that my number is gospel or anything like that. Um, I know there's weaknesses and it's like, if you can sort of quantify like where you're wrong, that's like super, super important. But out of curiosity, what is your number? I know you're not betting the jets, but what is your actual number on them this week? Uh, Let's see. Average margin of victory for Miami
2: is uh, minus 7.33.
1: Okay. That's not that far off mine. I'm a six. I mean, that, and okay. that's a mean. That's not a so. That's not. Yeah. What do you a, guess, key numbers. Rob, yeah.
0: were you now with the Packers move? The Packers box moving to even. Where are you on that game? I uh, by the am. Way, I'm, so I'm, I'm very wasn't... happy that you said your two picks because I'm actually down on both of those already. So I was I was, I was excited about. That. And
1: and by the way, I'm on. I'm on the other side of Jacksonville, but I, um, but I got that at plus three and a half reduced.
0: Got it. Okay. And I also, I mean, Rufus, you're probably going to be on the Niners would be my guess at that number.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, right now I'm using Bethard and I still lean that way with Bethard, just because I'm like, is it Bethard or Jimmy G that's like hobbled? Like basically those are the same guy. Um, if Jimmy G's like healthier, it's obvious, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Rob. I lean what, that way. Where
1: are
2: yeah, you sorry. on
0: Tampa, Green Bay?
2: So I've already bet uh, both side and total in this game. Uh, I bet Tampa, uh, I actually took money line. I think average price of somewhere around 1 125. I have to double check that. And I played the over as well. Um, to me, this there are not too many uh, game states where this plays to an under. And and you look at the average total in the NFL this year. It's been roughly 51. I played over at 54, which is slightly above average here. But um, this is going to be the first time that Tampa like Godwin practiced today. They're likely going to have Godwin and Evans on the field for a full game this week, which I think is going to do wonders for that offense. And then Green Bay gets Devontae Adams back as well. Um, and what I particularly like about this game is you've got two quarterbacks who, when it comes down to crunch time, they really maximize the clock, um, which is something that's important when you want to bet an over, right? You don't get – you know, you give Aaron Rodgers the ball with a minute left in a game, and he's going to try to score. And it's the same with Tom Brady. So um, I, I made pretty much this game a pick-em like my raw number is almost exactly a zero. Uh, Green Bay, the slightest of favorites. Uh, and my total is closer to 57.
1: Believe it or not, That's I'm pretty similar on both accounts there. Does, um, that, does, that, does that mean I have to buy off now, Rufus? Probably.
0: Although I didn't, I, have, I don't have a bet on it. It wasn't. Okay. How about the Carolina game? That That's down to two now. And I, I think you're right. There's been some pretty big movement over the last 24 hours. Carolina, Carolina's now minus two, minus 106 on Chris. Yep. Um, is that getting cheap now, or is that just getting to where it should be? I don't think so. So I, I took Chicago,
2: but it was news-related, and I, I don't know if I'm going to hold that position by end of week. I could actually see Chicago closing. It's going to sound dumb, but I could actually see Chicago closing as favored here just based on what I've seen so far um, by other betters in the the community and what they like with this game. Carolina's going to have a cluster injury problem on their defensive line. Uh, I know Kawan Short announced today he's out for the year, but they're probably going to be missing both defensive ends as well. Um, so, but I'm not a fan of Nick Foles by any means, but if he's not pressured, I think there's a path to success here for him against the Panthers defense that they've played well, but they're, they're really void of talent, uh, on that defense. So to me, I think it's a sell high point on Carolina so far who I've actually surprisingly been on quite a bit. I think I've bet them the past three weeks uh, and I'm opposing them this week, but uh, I, I see that, that defense being a, a major issue for them this week. So. Uh, I got a pretty good price on the Bears. I think I'm. Let me just double check here. But uh, I think I averaged like plus one thirty on Chicago. Yes, I did. You took money Um, line. Yeah, straight up money line. I I was I was going to wait for a three, but I already knew that as soon as Carolina practiced today uh, and the injury news came down, it was going to get hit. And I think that's just like a little nuance I've picked up from. You know, I mark down all the injuries I see in the NFL uh, over the course of a Sunday and and to keep an eye on them and. I'm pretty in tune with news and uh, there was only way one way this line was going to go today. So I, I just jumped on the money line.
1: Nice. I, I I'm aligned with you. I took plus three, minus minus one twenty on Monday on, on Chicago. So, so you better, well, we all, you we you better buy history. out then, huh? Cause <laughs> no, I
0: mean, I, this year I, I just listen, don't win. <laughs> Rob, what are you drinking? By the way? I'm i uh, I'm drinking
2: a uh, Vineland uh, Estates winery. 2017 semi-dry Riesling uh, from uh, the Niagara region.
1: Jeff, are you eating wine? Jeff, were you Sorry. drinking anything? Any wine? I'm this drinking a, uh, a Pinot Noir from Oregon. I was drinking the Jim Nance The Calling.
0: <laughs> we're such a bunch of Jim Nance, a state managers. winery. <laughs> Did I, I've told you the Jim Nance story, right? I probably told that on this podcast. I think you need to retell it. Oh, it's a good story. So when we were doing um, our sports company, it was called Citizen Sports at the time, and Facebook had opened their platform. We built a fantasy football app on Facebook that allowed you to play a full fantasy football season on Facebook, basically, through this app. And we did a celebrity league to promote it, and we had people like, Brooklyn Decker and Ronnie Lott and Jim Nance um, all involved in it. And um, so we were doing the draft and, and, you know, most everyone had someone do the draft for them. They weren't actually doing the draft, you know, um, Michael Lewis did the, I mean, whatever. And so when, when we were doing the draft, you know, and we had just built this app. So there were some bugs to it. And this was one of the first drafts we did we're doing this draft and like Jim Nance is like literally doing the draft himself. Cause he like cares about fantasy football so much. And he calls me on my cell phone to ask me like how to do something. And I'm like talking to him and like, you know, Jim Nance's voice, like it's so distinct. He calls you on the cell phone and you're just like, this is amazing. I feel like I'm at Augusta right now watching the masters nicest guy ever put down the phone. And then somehow, some reason he was driving and had like some sort of like a my fi Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi thing with him that was allowing him to draft. He'd pulled over on the side of the road to do the draft and somehow lost signal. So it put him on auto-draft. And, you know, obviously again, this is a new app. Our auto-draft algorithm probably sucked. And he'd already had a quarterback and it drafted him David Garrard. And he starts <laughs> typing in the chat window why did it give me david fucking garrard in what world would i want david fucking garrard and just keeps going in the chat window about how terrible david garrard is and i was just like man jim nance not so nice anymore or david garrard so anyways um Okay. Uh, anything else on the NFL? Rufus, you want to talk about it? I mean, are there well, any other fun I, games to go through? I'm, I'm excited that you're going to have bets on three quarters of the board.
1: And, and I'm actually, I like, I'm really enjoying hearing more of, of Rob's process here. His I process is amazing. I love it too.
0: He's almost, he's almost, he, it's like close between the bearded one and him. They both have like interesting tidbits to talk about.
1: You're going to, yeah, the, uh, the Jeff group chats are going to be more interesting this week, I have a feeling.
0: What, what about, the, what about the, the Giants' skins? Minus three, not, minus 105.
2: Not one that I like, personally. I, I, I make the Giants very close to minus three. So this is you, – you, you picked one of the games where I, I won't – likely won't end up with a bet on it um, this week. I mean, which, honestly, I'm not going to lose any sleep over not having a uh, Washington football team versus New York Giants
0: bet. What about the Ravens? If if the Ravens went back to 7 minus 120, would you take that?
2: No, and here's where the subjectivity is going to come into play. Uh, I have an edge on the Ravens numbers-wise. I think Lamar Jackson is hurt. Um, He missed Wednesday and Thursday practice last week, did not practice, which is pretty rare for a quarterback. Got a full practice in on Friday, uh, but I did watch Baltimore-Cincinnati on Monday in full. Um, they didn't run their typical offense where it was a lot of read option. Uh, It's reflected in the box score as well. I mean, he had 37 pass attempts and he had two rushing attempts in the game. And they were rushing attempts that were not designed runs at all for him. Um, So I think they're really sheltering him at this point. Uh, Just something that I picked up, I could be totally wrong and they could end up blowing out the Eagles by 21 points or so. But to me, Lamar Jackson is a big concern this week. Baker Mayfield uh, is a big concern for me from an injury perspective. I mean, you don't get an X-ray on your ribs after the game if nothing is wrong with you, and that's what happened with Baker Mayfield as well. So those are guys that I, I just don't want this weekend.
0: But then don't, you and must like the Steelers there, or, do, or are you off that game? I, I don't, because my number lean, likes Cleveland. Really? It leans to Cleveland,
1: yeah. I, I, I really like – Pittsburgh is probably the game I like the most on the board this week.
0: I, what I did you get number, that at Rufus?
1: I got it at minus three and a half minus one Oh five minus three and a half minus one Oh three. I don't think the market is with me on that though. No, it's, it's minus three, three minus minus one
0: fifteen right now.
1: Damn. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going the That's other minus way.
0: Three, minus three minus minus one fifteen is a better price than what you got.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, okay. I, I like, I honestly just don't understand that line. And I'm, I mean, maybe I'm not, maybe there's something I'm not seeing. I think the have you check Massey
0: Peabody to see what they say.
1: I haven't yet, but, but okay. I think the Browns have been extraordinarily lucky. They're 20, they're, they're plus 23 on turnover expected points added um, on the season. They were outgained in terms of yards per play last week. Um, and, you know, they've been, their, their strength has been running the ball and they've been in positive game states to do so um, in every game except for week one against Baltimore. And in that, you know, against Baltimore, um, they were trailing and they were shut out in the second half when they basically were in a situation where they had to go um, all pass add in Baker Mayfield's ribs and add in the fact that they're facing Pittsburgh which has been so far the best defense in the NFL against uh, running back uh, running back rushes um, and I sort of see if they're if they're if they get behind early I think it could be like this could be a uh, a blowout
0: yeah Interesting. I, I agree with a
1: lot of what you said so um,
2: the thing for me with Pittsburgh is um, they really haven't beaten anyone yet I mean, you look at the teams that they've played this year. They have a combined record of three fifteen
1: and one. Does that Uh, Does that include the games against Pittsburgh or not? Because Pittsburgh's won all the games, so you got to like subtract that out, man. Fair enough. But you look
2: look at their offensive success rates in their games this year against some pretty bad defenses, and I think they're twenty (laughs) third in the league. Um, I'm not. I'm not so. Essentially, what's happened here is these are two teams that I would have liked to bet against this week in some capacity because I think they're both overvalued and they just ended up playing each other. Uh, I, I echo a lot of what you said about Cleveland. Um, they're missing one of their guards this week on the offensive line, which uh, has been one of the best in the league this season. And honestly, you don't really want to be missing anyone on the offensive line against the Steelers' defensive line because that's the best in football.
1: So isn't Pittsburgh, be- Pittsburgh may be without two interior offensive linemen too, right?
2: Interior is
1: not so much a problem against Cleveland as it is uh,
2: because they have good edge rushers, right? They have Miles Garrett. Uh, Olivier yeah. Vernon is is not elite, but uh, essentially, I think a lot of what Cleveland does on defense, uh, with their best player being Miles Garrett and getting after the quarterback, it's mitigated by how quickly Ben throws the ball. Um, his average depth of target is very low relative to what it's been in his career. His air yards are very low as well. Um, Pittsburgh's offense has kind of become this dink and dunk, which works for them because they have receivers that do really well in open space and they can um, really excel as soon as they get the ball in their hand. And uh, I just don't see Cleveland putting a lot of pressure on them. They have a little bunch of injuries in the secondary. So the subjective analysis, I would say I definitely, um, had I not made a number on the game, I would be leaning to Pittsburgh. But um, I guess my model is not entirely convinced yet that Pittsburgh is, uh, is for real either.
1: I'm high, on, I'm high on the Steelers' defense. I think that's one reason. And probably a little higher on Roethlisberger um, going into the season. But my number – and to be quite honest, my number, if I had no prior, I would literally only have Pittsburgh as a one-point favorite. So I just was low on the Browns going into the year and high on Pittsburgh going into the year.
0: Okay. We can, talk, um, we can have a conversation about
2: priors. I, I'm not – you. I mean, I'm pretty much off, almost off of
1: priors at this wow. point. Wow. Wow, that, that's okay. You can, that, you that, can that, that, tell that's by, by the numbers, statement. right? Because you
0: can tell those are the differences between your numbers in terms of... Because Rufus, you probably, my guess is, like the Jags, right?
1: Um, yeah, I do. And well, I wasn't ta- high sorry, we already J- talked about that. I, I wasn't high on Jeff. the Jags going into the year. I yeah. wasn't high on Detroit going into the year, but I'm guessing... Wait, I mean, I, I feel like if Rob is on Detroit, that kind of has to be priors driven because Detroit has been like i mean my no priors number on like rating on detroit is one is number what's that like 25th in the nfl and the jags are 27 so like why are you off of priors right half, now we're like half a point away
2: i'm not completely off of priors but at this point i think we have um and this is something i switched to many years ago now i think we know enough about the teams to kind of um really understand who they are i can speak to the detroit jacksonville game in general but like Again, I, I just think Jacksonville's defense is incredibly bad. That's what's making my number uh, and giving an edge to Detroit here. The Lions with Kenny Galladay in the lineup versus not having him at receiver are night and day this year, even if you look at EPA per play. Uh, and I just think he brings, I mean, such a different element. Um, but wait, what,
1: is so, what is that sample? What is that sample? You said you look at them with, I mean… Rufus, we're we're never gonna get
2: the sample that we
1: need in NFL for certainty. I, I agree, but I just think that you know if they've been a lot better with it, like I I think it's probably other factors um, at play
2: I rather than just Galladay. I think, think Galladay is an amazing receiver. He opens yes. up so much more for everyone else.
1: That's that's fair, but I, you know I mean I I guess we just have a different ideas of the value of a top receiver probably.
2: Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to stake my. Uh, I don't want to stake my reputation on the Detroit Lions this week. I actually hate the Lions. I hate. I hate Matt Patricia, and so I hate bad. betting on coaches. He's a
0: rock. He's a rocket scientist. So I don't know If you guys knew that, literally. A rocket. I, I did though. Keep that. the nerve like, away from can, This guy can build rockets, but he can't figure out to pass on
2: first down. Like they, they run AP into the middle of the defense on first down all the time, and I don't understand it. Like. It's not like Stafford is a scrub, but anyways, this wait, is wait, what boss
1: We say he's a rocket scientist, but we do, do. we know if he was a successful rocket scientist? Like maybe he tried to build a rocket and it just didn't launch. Like what's, what's successful it? rocket scientist, and that's mean. why he Does had I mean, to... he actually
0: got something to the moon.
1: I don't know, but you know, may, you know, why isn't he a rocket scientist anymore? If he was good at it, he might still be doing it.
2: He was okay, on the Chal- so... Challenger mission in '86, probably. I would
0: assume. <laughs> what. <laughs> About there's one other there's one other game I was curious. Uh, by about. the way,
1: Rob, I, I like Philadelphia. I know you said you numbers like Baltimore, or but even though you're not our bearded
0: numbers. friend likes likes the the uh, the the Ravens at minus seven juiced.
1: Ravens have been the Ravens are plus twenty four points in terms of fumble luck or fumble
0: EPA alone. I mean, I kind of uh, like the Eagles with the lens of the what, what Rob said because. We actually had the, the second half under in that Cincinnati game, and that was never in doubt even though there was a defensive touchdown and, like, the game was just bush. Like, the Ravens just wanted to get out of there, like, you know, without anything else bad happening. So
2: Cincinnati had, like, 100 yards in that game or something. It was, like, the, as, like a pretty large beatdown. Uh, and, I mean, that's the thing with the Ravens. They have a really good defense as well. The defense has um, been I mean, fantastic.
1: I, mean, I agree. Yeah. But their uh, offense has not been – but it's, it's hid the fact that their offense has been very ordinary. It's been above average. Exactly. But, and, and a lot of people you, – you could say, well, you know what, they had a double-digit lead in the second half against the Washington football team, against Cincinnati. You know, they were just they, – they were just – they let up. But
0: I don't know. What about the Patriots this week? How are you guys going to handle all this time off? Ten-point favorites over the Broncos.
1: Are we assuming Cam Newton, Andrew Locke? Is that
0: Rob Rob's the injury guru here? I mean, I think Cam Newton's playing for sure, right? They said he's returning to the team, blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't have this line of 10 if he wasn't playing. I guess there, the question is
1: it, is Locke playing? Does it matter? Yes. Okay. I think so. Don't you? Rob, you're muted.
0: You're muted, Rob. Rob, we can't hear you. You're muted. Oh, you something. broke your microphone. Uh-oh. This
1: is real. Oh no, we will never know about true Can can Rob can you at least hear us?
0: <laughs> you can hear Now he's no. muted, now he's not. Oh, okay. There we go. We can
2: sort of hear you. What do you mean you sort
0: of hear me? Oh, yeah. now, yeah. yeah. now we can hear okay. you. Now we can Okay.
1: Uh-huh. Magic.
2: That was that was weird, man. I don't even know what happened there.
1: It's uh gotta figure that out. Uh, uh so technology. yeah. I, I,
2: Okay, let's go. Let's go down narrative street one more time here. Um, Bill Belichick against young quarterbacks—it's an absurd, absurd how much the Patriots overperform against the spread with Belichick going up against a young quarterback. There's obviously a dr- difference between Drew Locke and and Ripon, who is like Ripin is the I mean—is a, a disgrace. The fact that they beat the Jets by like over a touchdown with a. Minus three turnover margin in that game, I think tells you more about the Jets. But um, Patriots likely getting Stefan Gilmore back. I mean, he posted to his Instagram yesterday like he was going to be playing this week. Um, I'm almost certain Cam Newton's going to play. Um, I think ten is short. To be completely honest with you, I don't. I don't see many scenarios where the Broncos are able to move the ball against this Patriots defense. I really don't. They just don't have many weapons on offense anymore. Uh, I see a very similar game state to when New England played the Raiders a, a few weeks ago uh, and kind of shut them down there. I know they're very different offenses, but what New England does is key in on uh, your your main weapon on offense, and, and the Broncos don't have one, really. So it's going to be a real challenge for them to move the ball. And I, I don't think the, the Patriots are going to score at will here necessarily, but I think they, they win a game something like 27-13, 27-10, something in that nature.
0: Crazy. It's interesting yes. to hear. Ten is short for a team that like and and, and to like play the, slowly. A team
1: to play slowly. I I I expect. Uh, I I do expect resistance
2: on on this game. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I'm not supremely confident, but I I mean, uh, so I so you could, could
0: if like there, there's a world where this could easily go to nine and a half, nine, eight and a half, and at that point you would fire away because you would think that. The, the resistance and that move is coming from, you know, the resistance of the narrative that you're talking about, which is ultimately the, the Patriots being able to sort of overplay um, their rankings as it pertains to like playing against young, like inexperienced, bad quarterbacks. I think that's part of it. I,
2: I, I largely also believe that um, the market, maybe not the market, I think people overrate Drew Locke. Is is what it comes down to. I don't have Drew Lock being a very good quarterback. I do have him as an upgrade over Rippon, like I said, but um, I don't think Lock is prime for this league uh, in the long run. So that's that's probably where um, I'm getting the I'm getting the edge on this game. Well, what and about
0: the what about the under? It's really fun to bet unders in the NFL. So if no. I have any chance to do it, I would do it, right? I I would not advocate uh, for I, I I honestly don't.
2: I cannot believe that the totals haven't been adjusted more. I really can. Um, Like we're talking about scoring being up almost seven points year over year right now. And the totals have been adjusted and they're slowly adjusted up, but we're talking about totals now on average that are maybe five points higher than last year. And I don't think the numbers are coming back down. I really don't. Um, I know we did see more offensive holding calls this past week, which is going to impact scoring, or you would think it would, uh, but it really didn't. We just saw game – like scores at the same pace so wait last um, week i
1: thought more we had more unders last week
2: we had we went uh seven over seven unders but when you look at the total scoring uh for the week it was on par with what we've seen in previous weeks
1: okay so is the distribution so yeah so what so okay if hold, if we do get more holding calls what is what's the driver for it being a fundamentally seven point change if shift
2: there's could be so many things that could be playing into it. Right. I mean, it could be lack of crowd noise and offenses being more successful And that. Um, I honestly think that it's uh, I think analytics are playing a part. Um, I think if you look at the distribution of like first and 10 passing this year versus what has been in previous years, teams are passing more on early downs. They're not running as much on second and 10. Um, So I think, part of it is that coaches have gotten smarter and are calling the games more like closer to optimal uh, than what they were doing in years past. So I think it's a large, like it's largely a bunch of smaller contributing factors that are all adding up to this increase in scoring in general. Um, so not one thing that I, I'm, I'm putting it on. It's I think it's just a, a largely a number of
0: things. Okay vikings yeah. i mean might as well touch the whole board yeah. we're <laughs> Vi- Vi- vikings up uh, in a new bottle of wine now four points four point favorites over the falcons i i was um on the vikings and i had in game some money line in that game last week so that was a painful ending to me i contend that i was happy that they went for that fourth. Um, maybe didn't love the play call, but, but generally was happy with the play call. I mean, it generally was happy with the decision. From an analytics standpoint, I think we now know that it was pretty much even to go for it, like it was like a wash. Yeah. Um, do, what did you think about that? And like, what do you think about the Vikings in this game?
2: Well, like in
0: real time, I, I, I'm not running a, a probability
2: model of whether it's right to go for it or not. I, I would have went for it if I was the coach in that position. But I also would have went for two points instead of kicking the yeah. extra point to go up.
0: That was up. A, that was a much more obvious one, for sure. right? And, and and I still can't
2: fathom that that they lined up and kicked that extra point to make it a five point game. Like um, I I don't know it, that that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But uh, yeah, I mean at the end of the day, they they made the right call in terms of going for it, even if it was just a marginally better call. It increased their win probability so. I'm fine with that. In terms of this game, I like the Vikings. Um, I was actually surprised. Uh, this more, I, I, In the last couple of days, we've seen... A couple times where Atlanta got bet down to three and then immediately money coming in. Um, I think the Falcons are in shambles. Julio Jones probably out again this week. Uh, at least uh, it's very likely well, that he's going to be out that again line this is, week.
0: Why um, do you think that line was so short? I mean, it's up to four, but you said it got bet down. Like... Who is who is betting the Falcons right now? I, I, I don't know if there's somebody who's buying
2: into, like, a, a new coach narrative or something like that. I would actually, if I was going to go down narrative street here and talk about the, the coaching change, I would say it would probably have a negative effect impact on the Falcons just because I think this is a team that largely liked Dan Quinn as their coach. I mean, they played hard for him to end last year and the year before when. Um, it, he was under the gun in terms of potentially losing his job. And I think a lot of the quotes this week, they respected him. This isn't like a Bill O'Brien situation in Houston where, you know, J.J. Watt is posting a picture of, of the sunlight because Bill O'Brien got fired and he hated him so much. So um, typically, in the, if you do go and look at years past, a performance in the first game with a new coach tends to be underwhelming. Um, I think that's probably the case here. I just don't see much to like about the Falcons right now. And I, I think the emergence of Justin Jefferson at receiver for the Vikings, um, again, we'll get into small samples here, Rufus, but you look at early in the year when the Vikings offense was struggling a lot more, at least in neutral game states, um, they didn't, really didn't have anyone opposite Adam Thielen on the field. Now, all of a sudden, Justin Jefferson starting alongside him, and he's like a legitimate thread at wide receiver and that's really opened things up for the Vikings offense so uh I think I made this closer to like a five 5.1 I think was my true number on the game or something along
1: those lines so I, I like the Vikings I'm, I made it 6.3 I like the Vikings too and their offense their offense has not been that bad it really hasn't um it's their you know their defense that had been bad but I don't th- yeah you know, I'm just low with on that one thing one thing about this so Dalvin
2: Cook is probably out for the the Vikings probably won't play. I actually kind of think that that might be a positive for
0: them because, because they, they run, run it so, as much
2: yeah, I, I, I like I think part of what Kirk cousins not a good quarterback, but he's especially not going to be a good quarterback when you pound it up the middle on first and second down, and he's facing you know third and five, third and six, third and seven. Um, and I think this forces them to kind of open it up a bit, which works to their advantage against a Falcons defense, which is not very good. So um, I'm not downgrading them for Dalvin Cook being out this game. And I do think there's a difference in running backs there. But I think potentially that opens things up a little bit more for their offense. And they kind of just kind of back their way into what they should be doing instead of what they currently aren't doing.
1: And fun, funny you should mention um, the third and long stuff. You know they've averaged eight point one yards to go on third downs, which is like among the top five in the league, I believe. So it's you, you, and you're right, cousins. Cousins is good like as a play action passer in rhythm, like passing within the confines of an offense, like rather than rather than like dropping back to pass in obvious passing situations.
2: I love that you come with the stats to support my argument where I don't even bring the stats. That's, I, I really appreciated well, that.
1: I'll be honest. I looked that up. Cause I saw like, I was, I was looking for talking points on this earlier and I saw that they were better on early success, um, early, well, early down play success than late down play success. And, and then also that they had, um, I, and I saw the eight, I, I have a little spreadsheet that has some of this information just for, if I'm looking for narratives, um, because we all love narratives, but, um, <laughs> Eight point, like, but I saw the 8.1 yards to go on third down, and I was like, well, why are they – I was curious, like, how their play success in the, on early downs is so high relative to the yards to go on third down. I, I didn't really do any digging, but my, I saw Kirk Cousins has an 8.3% sack rate. That might have something to do with it, but but also it could be penalties. I don't know. Or it could be that the successful first down plays led to,
0: like, not having third downs. So Right. Yep. All right, we got one more game. I mean we skip the, the fun one. We skip the this Colts, Bengals. Yeah. I'm guessing fine. well, I, I have one interesting one for this for the Cowboys. Yeah. Will the Cowboys end up favored in this game? I think they should be, personally.
2: Um I, I, I listen, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, people that know me know that I, I, I'm pretty impartial on their games. Like I bet against Dallas last week. I took the Giants and uh, I'll bet against Dallas whenever but I don't really understand this line here. Um, I really don't. And I think a lot of it's to do with I'm not a believer in Arizona. Uh, I think people think Arizona is a lot better than they actually are, but they're below average uh, EPA per play on offense. I think they're like 20th in offensive DVOA. They lose Chandler Jones on the defensive line, which, uh, you know, Dallas is exploitable on offense because they have a weak offensive line, right? They're missing both their tackles and their starting center, Joe Looney. Um, And now all of a sudden I look at Arizona's defensive line without Chandler Jones and I'm like, can they really exploit this weakness that the Cowboys have? And I'm not sure that they can. Um, Andy Dalton, to me, has fared very well in his career. Uh, And granted, he's a lot older now. I completely get that. But you look at those glory years for him in Cincinnati, like 2011 to 2015, when they were getting to the playoffs every year. And he was largely surrounded by good weapons, right? I mean, AJ Green was there. They had drafted Tyler Eifert. They had Gio Bernardo to of the backfield. Uh, Mohamed Sanu was young, and he was a good player there. And then slowly, as those weapons left over time, so did AJ. Uh, so, sorry, so did Andy Dalton's performance. And now I think he's surrounded with like he's obviously surrounded with great talent. And uh, I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't want to say that this isn't a downgrade. Uh, but I think Dalton is the second best backup in the league behind Jameis Winston. I think he comes in and he probably moves the ball effectively against the Cardinals defense that I don't think is very good. So I did make Dallas a slight favorite. Uh, I think they could go off as favorite in this game. Uh, and, and it wouldn't surprise me at all because uh, this this number doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
0: Rufus, I'm assuming i think you like the same thing because you I, you're you typically like old white quarterbacks so especially one hey. a
1: <laughs> no i mean i honestly so my number if i mean the the massey peabody thing has like an injury downgrade thing where i literally like there's there is value i think to knowing that like like you have your quarterback rating but there's also value to knowing that a guy was not the starter and is not playing is playing only because um the starter was injured rather than a team thinking that he actually give you know the quarterback gives the team the best chance to win um so that said i mean my number was arizona like so, so basically that's added on but i so i think in a way i'm over adjusting i think my adjustment's 3.2 points down from prescott to um uh to dalton and so based on that i make the number arizona minus two but i also i mean i'm not i i don't think personally that much of arizona as a team i have them as like a league average team but i mean i i which, just on a non-model personal note, I mean, if their, their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury had, he had a uh, Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback and he had Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback at Texas tech where expectations aren't that high and he still managed to get fired. Like how do like, I, based on that, I don't expect long-term success for him in the NFL. Like that's just my personal opinion.
0: All right. We might as well talk about the bills chiefs three and a half the chiefs at this point minus 115 yeah this is okay
1: so i mean i m- my number is um is kansas city minus a point um, what am i not seeing
2: um okay i mean I, i'm higher than that so I, for me i'm i'm closer to chiefs minus 5 um in this game i, I i'm very high on the chiefs i'll be completely upfront with that I, I still think they're the best team in the league um i th- i think you know I, they're playing the raiders last week they're they're getting killed i'm getting messages from my friends like casey's going nowhere with this defense um their defense is actually good i mean they, they played four games to start the year where they give up 20 points or less in a season where teams are averaging 26 points a game um, it's not like they played Scrubs either. I mean, they played Deshaun Watson. They've played uh, Lamar Jackson. They've played Justin Herbert. They played, you
0: know, David Carr last week. Um, Garrett Stidham and uh, Brian Horner. Play- don't forget they that. They played
1: Bill O'Brien. They played Anthony Lynn. No. Fair enough.
2: But those quarterbacks are succeeding against other teams, or at yeah, least yeah. they've come around a little bit. Uh, and those are what we would consider to be good quarterbacks in general. The Chiefs, to me, are um, – they have an underrated defense, and I think that that goes for you know it's forgotten a lot of times. I think back to Monday Night Football a few weeks back against the Ravens, where they just, they, I mean, they shit kicked the Ravens. And I don't necessarily think that they're going to do that to Buffalo here. I don't think it's going to be that type of game. Uh, but the Bills' defense to me is is concerning, and people you know come into this, especially first of all, without their starting two cornerbacks last night, and Matt Milano, who's a very very good linebacker as well. If they don't get reinforcements on a short week, uh, I think it's a problem. And then I'll go. Since we've been going down narrative street a lot this week, or just like the sub subjective analysis phase, um, I thought Andy Reid called a very vanilla game against the Raiders last week. I think he has a penchant to do this and has done this over the course of his career, where he saves the elite play calling uh, for good opponents. I think. We've already seen it once this year where they played the Chargers in week two and it was very vanilla. People are really questioning the Chiefs offense. Like, is this the same team? And then they come out against the Ravens and like the Ravens had no hope in that game with the way that Reed called it. And like, you're going to see the craziest shit happen this week. I really, really feel like that. Like, I really feel like this is a big game for the Chiefs. Buffalo's a big competitor for them. There's only one bye in the AFC this this year, as well, because of the expanded playoff format to seven teams, um, I think you're going to get uh, a good Chiefs performance overall. So uh, that's my that's my subjective narrative-driven analysis. But overall, so, I, I do like uh, Kansas so City.
1: Can I ask okay. why he didn't like when they were down against the Raiders? Why didn't he like go for the better play calls then? Or like maybe on so, on high leverage plays. I mean, like it might be how they prep and plays, plays. what
0: plays they've really practiced, right? It's exactly. a lot of this is prep. Yeah. That's I, I agree. agree. Good Good okay, so last thing, and this is like a very meta conversation, Rufus. You and Rob have slightly different approaches, and I would say generally like very different approaches. Do you? Do you how after hearing his approach and knowing that there are many times you are probably you guys are probably betting into each other, does this make you more inclined to want to go find another job or less inclined?
1: More okay, ooh that that's not the question I ex- expected to hear. I thought it was going to say I thought you're going to say, "Am I more or less inclined to to try to?" integrate elements this is
0: his level of analysis in the nfl oh, it's no far offense higher to you than, it's far it's higher than far I agree. Ahead of where you are completely agree and you um, know so the the question becomes like it, many times we have these conversations and we go into narratives and we kind of shit on them but there's there is a lot of value to what he's saying like right now if i were to back one of you guys in a contest i would probably pick him i feel like i pick him too Well, so then if you bet – if you're betting into them, like right now, if you have a situation where you're betting into them, are you going to be like, "Um, maybe I won't play this?
1: Well, I mean, believe it or not, we're kind of aligned this week, it looks like. So I'm happy about that, both on Chicago. Yeah, I'm on Jacksonville, but – Well, I I haven't bet Detroit yet. I
2: will. I almost certainly will, just based on the way this line is trending. But, yeah, I mean, there's that. We're not opposed technically yet.
1: Right, and and I could buy out of my Jacksonville position at plus EV right now. So yeah,
2: yeah,
1: I'm ha- I'm happy with it with the move line move I've gotten there. Um, I mean, we're sort of we're in alignment on on Minnesota Atlanta, um, yeah, San Francisco. Like, I mean, our numbers are in alignment on the Jets game directionally. You're not betting the Jets though, because you you are sure. wise, sir. Um, but no, I mean, I have a ton of respect for the way Rob does things and it's, it, I mean, like, can I ask Rob, how much time does it take a week for you? Like how, how much time do you spend per week on the NFL watching game film, um, running your numbers, et cetera, et cetera. It's labor intensive. Let's, let's put it that way. So like, um,
2: and it's weird, like full disclosure, I, I don't do the same stuff for hockey, right? Uh, maybe because I think the hockey market is a little bit softer right now, and there's less people in it that are are winning. But like hockey is like run the model, trust the number, go bet it. That's it. Move on with life, and it's like that. Um, I get to this level of detail in the NFL because I think it's just harder to beat in general. Um, but it, yeah, it's 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 a grind, man. Like like that's why I don't have time to do golf right now, uh, and why I chose that to not do baseball anymore. Um, when, when NHL and NFL overlap, like they did for a little bit this year, like it's becomes very difficult. So, I mean, that's the downside of it for sure. And there's a trade-off there hundred percent.
1: And, and Rob, like, I mean, I'm like, man, I want to be able to like, listening to you. I'm like, man, I should be doing, I should be looking at more in depth at this stuff. But then I'm like, I don't, I don't have the time or bandwidth to do that right now because my time is focused much more on golf where it's still run the numbers, but there's still, you know, a lot going on there. And and I have a lot of other stuff that I can't necessarily talk about on my plate as well. Um, and so, right, I mean, you, you're doing the same thing as I am, but you, you're you in terms of focusing more on one sport, but you're just doing it on a different sport.
2: Yes, I, I will say the one of the advantages I found, um, and this kind of was because of social media, is um like i've been able to connect with other betters and other like pe whether it's the like we talked about the right angle sports slack channel there's a number of different slack channels and things of that nature that in a lot of times people are doing the work for you which is nice like i i don't have to spend all my time seeking out uh team news anymore like i did in the past and like people will bring things up and it's just more so of trying to absorb as much information over the course of the week as possible. And that's been a help. So like the emergence of social media, I mean, many, many years ago, but I guess the way I use it now um, has allowed for me to do this stuff without just like pulling my hair out and and being at a computer for 12 hours a day. Like I know that if I go to golf now and there's a key injury in the NFL, I'm going to get messages from many different people simultaneously letting me know that that's happening which is nice uh so i, I mean i don't have to be available 24 7
1: they will message you personally or yeah that's pretty awesome yeah well i, all would, right, do guys. I would do the same that this was a long that. one that's, and you guys are both on the east coast and need to go to bed i thought this was fantastic i really enjoyed this like rob you were fantastic and
0: we can Rufus i want to be more recording like they can all hear this i know Okay. I, I, I'm, this, still this
2: very, I'm still very tilted by the, the results of Rufus's poll. Like, I'll be honest with you. Had you told me, like, that Rufus was going to post that poll, I would have made myself, like, a, a minus 500 favorite to be the, the most liked. So Let's... I have to reevaluate my entire life now and how I view myself
0: because… Well,
1: I think the Jets on there threw everybody off because it let people know
0: that this wasn't a serious poll.
1: Okay. I, can't I, like, if,
0: I, I can't tell if so anyone, I can't tell if anyone like w- why does anyone care about a Twitter poll? I don't know.
1: I just want like I want to see what happens if you guys post the same poll just out of. Curiosity, I think it would be interesting to see. I mean,
0: just so you guys know, I had my first winning night in about two weeks today. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Sweet. Was it the game that was on in the background, the entire
1: podcast? I mean, it
0: was, no, I actually went, I actually, I had, I had bets. I had four bets in the baseball game and went, and went three and one in them. So that was, that was reasonable. Nice. So I could have gone 4-0 and if that game had just gone over. It was four, it was, it ended 4-3 anywho uh thanks for joining us Rob we'll have you on again if your schedule permits because you are a media darling these days yes. Uh good luck this weekend and for those of you guys listening thanks Pebody cruching all the numbers in the simula system to play down the data
1: analytically driven media coverages sports gambling is pathetic the bottom line is balled down it seems like they don't get it puppetes are about the end running off a let it